Hey, my name is Chuck. I have a new life in Christ. I'm in recovery for lust, codependency, control, and this week, anxiety for just life not working out the way that Chuck thinks it ought to. Hey, good to be with you tonight. For the last few weeks, we've been engaged in this series on struggles, the struggles that bring us through these doors every Monday night. Bryce last week talked to us about substance abuse, and tonight I want to talk about struggles that are two struggles that are friends of each other, fear of man and people-pleasing. And I've been thinking about these struggles in this way. I love the Batman movies, all of them. I think they are phenomenal. They're a little dark, and they've got their own little part to it. But I love those movies, and I've always thought it would be really, really cool to put that mask on and to go about and save the world. Now, that's the good side of putting a mask on. But let me tell you the other side of putting a mask on. Because this is a mask that I've worn a lot in my life. When I put this mask on, this mask is my fear shield. Because you don't know what's really going on with me, and I'm able to make you convinced that everything with me is fine and everything in my life is going on exactly the way it should go on. Man, that mask has been a mask I have loved. And and here's the thing. I found myself losing myself to that mask over time, concerned about what other people thought, and equally concerned about what I didn't need to let you see so that you might think badly of me. My first vocational ministry was in Nashville, Tennessee, and I served a church that had a senior pastor that had served that church for 30 years. He was a phenomenal, phenomenal man and somebody I really, really loved a lot that blessed my life and blessed the early portions of my ministry and taught me a whole lot. And he asked me to preach for that church. I'd preached, I'd I'd come out of college, I'd preach some there. I was in seminary, I'd preach some there, but I'd never preached for this church. And I worked really, really hard on the sermon that I was going to preach. And the day that I delivered that sermon, I preached for a grand total of 20 minutes. And the church was thrilled. In fact, some of my friends say, you ought to go back to those days. But as as I went through that moment, I thought, man, I think I've done pretty well. The next day, we had what we call the autopsy of the service. And on that Monday, we would always go through what had happened in the service, how things had gone, the things that had gone really well, the things that hadn't gone as well, and we'd always talk about the sermon. And the staff members that were on that staff with me gave great feedback. They talked about things I'd done well. And they talked about things I hadn't done particularly well, things that needed some work and some improvement. And then it came time for the senior pastor to give his feedback. And he leaned back in his chair, he looked at me, and he smiled, and he said, I have one sentence for you. No sermon can be entirely bad as long as it's short. I did what you just did. I stuck that mask right back on. Because I didn't want him to see that in any way that bothered me, in any way that caused any kind of anxiety in me, in any way that made me feel less than in that moment. I just laughed and giggled and went, okay, but I thought to myself, that'll never happen again. 
I'll never, I'll work harder. I'll make sure. And I found myself really the next time I preached, I wasn't preaching to the audience. I was preaching to him. I used phrases that he used. I was concerned about what he thought about me in those moments. What had happened to me? See, I didn't realize at the time, but I'd fallen into the trap of the fear of man, which led me, and that leads me either one of two directions. It leads me into isolation or people-pleasing, and if I'm not careful, that's a mask I'll pick up, and that's a mask that I will wear every single day. See, a definition of the fear of man is it's an internal fear of others' opinions regarding you due to a very high opinion of yourself and a deep longing for other people to share that opinion. See, sometimes the fear of man will cause me to isolate and become self-protecting by managing information that you know about me. I'll avoid conflict and I'll hide behind this mask that can be the happy mask. That can, make, that can be that thing where you'll look at it and you'll think everything in my life is fine in that moment. But sometimes it leads me to people pleasing. And people pleasing is this external motive to be and to act and to behave as the person you think others might want you to be in order that you can get praise from them. So what's detrimental about these struggles? What makes it a struggle? Because a lot of times when we're in the midst of people pleasing, we are trying to make other people happy. And we would sit there and say, that really is a good thing. But see, people pleasing is not the act of loving others, but the, un but the fruit of an unhealthy loving of yourself. True love is always sacrificial love. In the midst of my people pleasing, in the midst of my fear of man, when someone says something to me that's somewhat negative, it crushes me and makes me want to try harder to be sure that that can't be said again. And this insecurity leads to prideful thoughts and fantasies of getting attention and or of being praised. It is, and I'd say, listen, if that happens to be something that you struggle with, please hear me. I'm not calling you out. I'm there with you. Because to this very day, it is one of those things I still work with and struggle with, and I have to preach the gospel to myself about on a really regular basis. So how does it happen? It sparks within a heart that isolates itself too highly and desires for others to share in that, in that praise. People pleasing literally is to take action and pursue your self-love. You'll do what it takes to get attention from someone else. Fear of man stunts us and cripples us inwardly, and it causes us to shrivel up for fear and shame that others don't see you with the same love in which you see yourself. So how does Scripture address these things? Proverbs 29, 25 says these words, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. The fear of man lays a snare, a snare that I will put on a mask 
and not let you see the true and the authentic me. And it becomes this trap for me where stress and anxiety and depression come as a part of my desire to be able to please other people and yet never being able to do it in the way in which I need to do it. It always leaves me lacking. So how do we deal with it? Truth is we need a heart transplant. We need a new heart that's not consumed about what others think about us, but relies on what God says about us. And how does that heart transplant happen? It happens when we replace pride with humility. We realize who God is and how God loves us, that God has seen us at our worst and has loved us so much that he sent his only son to die in our place so that we can say, I have a new life in Christ. The old is gone. Behold, the new really has come all because of Christ's finished work and what he has done. But I have to be really careful because if I'm not preaching the gospel to myself on a regular basis, I'll stick this mask back on. I'll be more concerned with what you think than what God thinks. And the truth of the matter is, there's nothing wrong when I'm loving other people. If I'm loving you out of a heart that's been changed by the gospel, that's a good thing. But if I'm loving you in order that you might praise me or that you might think that I am something special, then we understand things have kind of gone awry. So if I had one thing to say to you tonight, One thing that I would hope you would remember, it is this, get your eyes off yourself. Take this mask and stomp it and fix your eyes on Jesus. See, this life in Christ is not about what I can do to make myself worthy of his acceptance, but about daily trusting what he has done Christ has made me and Christ has made you acceptable. Remembering the gospel will humble you and fixing your eyes on Jesus will transform you. And at the same time, when we find ourselves in the midst of this struggle, we have to weep and we have to repent, and we have to confess, and we have to be willing to talk about the things that we don't like to talk about, that we are fragile and we are frail human beings. So I want to go back to my mask. See, here's the insidious thing that nobody ever told me. When I put the mask on, The mass gets all the love. The real me never gets seen. To be known is to be loved. And to be loved is to be known. God wants to call us out of hiding, acknowledging each other without performance quotas that we are trying to meet. He wants us to experience his power and his healing as he releases us into a life that is worth living. And the only way that happens is when I throw the mask away and I let it sit.
and you get to see me, flaws and all. So tonight, we get to hear the story of one who has taken her mask off and who is living authentically and transparently. Welcome, Audrey. 